Wesley Miller, what's up, bro? Not much, man. Just in, uh, enjoying the day off today with the rain and the uh, bad weather outside. Yeah, yeah. So, man, you've been doing this. How long have you been doing this now? Uh, about going on four years. Well, I've been guiding for money for about three years. Okay. Fishing my whole life every every day I get the chance. So, just recently uh, got the opportunity to do it for a living. What did you do beforehand? I'm a registered nurse of 23 years. You don't look like a nurse. <laughs> most, 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 people don't say, most people say I don't look like a nurse. But and a lot of people were always surprised when I walked in their room looking like this. But, you know, I always uh, prided myself in trying to do a good job nursing. And uh, I think that a lot of the, everybody always saw that and yeah. looked past the appearance. Yeah. You know. Well, so what got you? Okay, so first off, tell me. Did you grow up like because you're big into a, a lot of fishing, a lot of you know all types of fishing and guiding? What got you into that? Man, I, I have wanted to go fishing as long as I can remember. That's all I've wanted to do. I mean, it's it's been in my engraved in me ever since I was big enough to walk. I mean, was that something like you did like with a family member, or you just kind of you got the itch by your, on its own, or I, you know both? When I was growing up, my parents. Um, always took us fishing we lived on big farms we had seven or eight big ponds that were within uh walking distance or we could ride there on our bicycles so it's just something you know living growing up and living out in the country is just something that um we, we just always have done it's just all, always been my love i mean literally ever since i can remember fishing yeah. is all i've wanted to do i grew up um my grandparents they, my grandmother my grandfather's Paul's dead now, but my grandmother still lives on Lake Bissonneau, and I grew up fishing Bissonneau since I was hell old enough to get out there and paddle Piro, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But so I can relate, man. This I've kind of I'm detached from it. Um, I haven't I haven't really fished much. I've done a little pond hopping, you know, past couple years, but I've just with life and stuff. I just it hasn't been on the you know top of my list of things to do. But I kind of you know I've been seeing what you've been doing, and I'm just like, man, this is a I want to talk about this stuff because I haven't done it in forever, and the game has changed a lot. You know, since I used to fish, I used to do a lot of tournament tournament bass fishing. I fished with Webster Bass Masters, and we fished all over the place and all that. Um, never did any big money stuff, but I'd fish, you know, do a lot of club tournaments and top six and stuff like that. But I just, uh, I never, I never did the, you know, the white perch, the crappie thing, and never did that um, much unless I accidentally caught one when I was, you know, fishing for brim or something because I'd always go, you know, do a little, you know, tight lining with some fresh crawfish and get some damn cheeky pin or something you know sure but uh yeah man so what's 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 going on in that world i know i know the live scopes out now and that's something that that uh, it's a, the live scopes are just an absolute game changer are you doing that with guides or are you doing all types no that's that's only that's you know with guiding and um the live scope has changed the 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 landscape of fishing so much and it's one of the reasons why i got into the, the guiding side of it i'd always wanted to guide uh, fishing trips but uh, until live scope came along it was really hard to be a consistent guide in this area you know and i was always scared to excuse me i didn't want to go <clears throat> be one of these people that didn't catch fish and at the end of the day you still got your hand out wanting to pay me yeah you know so with live scope it's allowed us to be much more consistent with our fishing we catch fish almost every day so it was a lot easier to become a guide and be a real consistent guide using the live using the live scope technology. So that that really did allow me to make that jump from being a nurse to being a guide, you know, a successful yeah. fishing guide. Tell me how that life. Tell me how it works, because I, I honest to God, I haven't even used one. I just know people that are using them now. But yeah, how does it work? It's, it's almost like it's it's almost like an ultra ultrasound machine on your boat, and it's it's it's, it's just a forward facing sonar. So you can actually 
the beam shoots out in front of your boat. I, I keep mine set on 50 foot. So while I'm out there fishing, I can move my trolling motor side to side and I can literally see everything in the water 50 foot around my boat. And you can see individual fish and we can pull up there and set our jig down in front of that fish and watch the fish come up and eat the jig. I mean, so it's a, and it's just a really neat, neat way to fish. And it's just really productive because you can automatically pull up on a spot, scan around for a minute. Okay. There's no fish here. Let's go somewhere else where there is. It doesn't make the fish bite the jig, but it just cuts, it makes you so much more efficient fisherman to be able to find a really productive areas very quickly and capitalize on it. Is it something, um, is it being used for like largemouth bass yet? Oh, yeah. They're, so, and, okay. And, and the bass fishermen, they're a little bit behind on it because when this all this technology first came out, they were all, they, the whole uh, feeling with the bass fishermen was like, oh, we fish too shallow water. That's not going to be anything that's going to help us. You know, that's, you know, they, they're behind the crappie fishermen. The crappie fishermen are worlds ahead of what the that's bass That's crazy because it used that. to be the flip, I feel like. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I feel like. Bass fishing was so advanced, and crappie was still used to that guys in ten boats out there, you know, flipping jigs, yeah. you know, in fifteen foot of water. Sure. And you know, you'd have these guys with hundred thousand dollar bass rigs, whereas now you have hundred thousand dollar crappie rigs. Well, pretty now, much. Yeah. Now, yeah. now we have that hundred thousand dollar crappie rig yeah. with twenty thousand dollars worth of electronics yeah. on it that the bass fishermen don't even have. Yeah. I mean, we're the crappie industry so far ahead on electronics and the way the boats are being set up and stuff that we're really getting a lot of the bass fishermen to really take notice and look at what we're doing. And uh, there's a lot of the bass fishermen and really the good, really good, good bass fishermen are really taking this technology and running with it because it works just as good for bass as it does crappie. Well, so tell me how it works initially. So like if you, so you're putting, you put it out there, uh, it's, it's reading out 50 foot, you troll, if people listening or watching don't know, it's like you have a little motor on the front of your boat, and you're basically, you know, it's a mini motor, and it's kind of guiding you. It's an electric trolling right. motor. It right. fits on the front of your boat. And that camera, if you will, is attached to your trolling motor. Is the way I have mine. Some people set them up different. But you just you scan around, and it cut, it makes a very small slice out in front of you. So it's only got a, it's got an 18-degree window out in front of you. So okay. you're, it's showing a slice of the water. So you had to, and what you see on the screen is that little tiny slice of the water. So as you scan around, you can see a brush pile comes in and out. And it almost looks like you're looking at an ultrasound machine. Yeah. The, ultra, the, the you can, As you're scanning around, what you're seeing on the screen is what's directly in front of that motor. So you can, as you're easing up to a fish, you, you'll learn where you got to position your jig out there to have it come down. And you'll see it come down the screen. You'll see the fish react to it. And they'll either swim up and eat it or they'll swim off. Some of them swim off like they're scared of it. But... That's basically how it works. So it's not, I mean, I guess it's something that it's not emitting a frequency. They don't even know it's there Mm-mm. until, until this is something that like, well, let me ask you this. So like, have you, has there been a lot of pushback? Cause I, we talked about this a little bit before we started, but like, I would feel like traditional guys who've done it forever one way or like, I'm not doing that, you know, that technology crap. Cause this is how you're supposed to fish, you know, but you know what I mean? Kind of. Tough grit fishermen, you know what I mean? There's if a you few, will. There's a few of them hanging on to that feeling, but the vast majority of them, I don't care how how diehard of a whatever kind of fisherman you are, that you step in the boat with me, see how that works, use it a little bit, the vast majority of them go right on and go buy them one. Yeah. Because it is, it's that big of a game changer, and you, know, and you still got to make the fish bite. You still got to do everything right to catch that fish. 
This just gives you a great way to find fish easier and to present your bait to them in a correct way. I can see where, if especially if it's competitive, if they're like, okay, well, I have to do this now if I want to compete because these guys are doing it. You don't show up to a crappie tournament without one anymore. No, I mean, I would hope not because, I mean, I've seen uh, – I've seen people like Justin Smart who went to school with me. I, I see, I know you and him fish a lot together and stuff. I've seen, you know, I've seen that kind of progress into what it is now. And I'm just like, damn, it's it's such a huge industry. Um, but I remember, I remember when Carolina rig came out. You know what I mean? Like that was a big deal. That's how old school I am with the you know the tactics as far as I'm not even advanced to what's going on now. But I remember when that was a thing where they're like. What we're fishing this, we're rigging this worm, and you know, twenty foot of water and fishing like that was unheard of, you know, bass fishing, you know. But it's just like whenever you had your, well, when you first down imaging, uh, when you first down imaging uh, depth finder came, yeah, that was the end of having secret brush tops. Yeah, you know, everybody that's not happening no more. (laughs) Everybody talked about this is going to ruin fishing. Well, then they came out with side imaging. Yeah. And then you could really, really break down lakes and find stuff and fish a whole lot different. And this is just a progression of that. You know, and the people that are naysayers and say, you know, that's ruining fishing or whatever, they just need to get out and give it a chance and give it a try and, you know, see how they feel about it after that. Yeah. What kind of guiding do you do besides you just do crappie or do just, you? Right now I'm just doing crappie. I, I've really thought about maybe getting into some catfishing or some bass fishing with it. But um, right now it's just crappie, and crappie and it, it, it's keeping me busy. I'm I'm booked up a month, month and a half in advance year round, so you know, and I'm just I'm just running with them, trying is, to trying to fish as many days as I can. Is that um you don't ever get burnt out? No, like no, no, I felt like I got burnt out, but I think I got burnt out because it was tournaments. It was always tournaments. You know what I mean? And, you know, I feel like I, the I, pressure. I, you know, you know how that is because you fish tournaments. So I am burnt out on the tournaments. Yeah, so, you know, they that's they that's that's just not. I mean, it's fun. But it's you know it's just not that much fun. It's horribly expensive, you know. When you're trying to fish every day for a living, if I if I take off for a tournament, I'm losing three grand on guide trip money for the week. Yeah, you know that's before I've even paid an entry fee, before I paid lodging, anything. So when I got to take off a week to go to a tournament, I'm I, I'd have to fish in the top two or three to even make my money back. And I'm not you know generally not doing that because there's some guys that are better at it than me. But you know so the tournaments I get burned out on that. But on my everyday fishing, the days I feel a little bad, like, man, it was a long day. It was tough. I think to myself, today I didn't have to wipe anybody's ass but mine. Yeah. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not nursing anymore. I'm not doing any of the terrible stuff that went with that. I'm not dealing with people on that level anymore. And I'm doing something that when people show up that morning, everybody wants to be there. They want to do it, and they want to have a good time. And if I just I remember that and I feed off that, the days go good. Well, you didn't. You don't strike me as someone that would like, tell me. How did you get into nursing? Like, how did that happen? Man, well, when I was a kid, I was five years old. I was I was in a three wheeler accident. I was burned horribly bad on a three wheeler. It went from the top of my head down in the middle of my back, all the way down my shoulder. So how did that happen? I got it was a little seventy cc three wheeler. I got thrown off of it. It rolled up on me, and I was oh. out there riding by myself in the yard, right out here after school. We did yeah. it every day, and the muffler got on me and burned. Oh man! So. Between the age of five and ten, I had thirteen plastic surgeries. You know, that's Damn. that's in the summertime. That's what I did. I went and had surgery so I could get back healthy to go to school. So, having spent time in the hospital like that as a kid and spent so much time in the hospital, um, nursing kind of came to me because it was something. It was kind of like something I knew, even though I probably shouldn't have at that age. And you know, I just knew I liked to help people and wanted to help people. And uh, when I graduated high school back in 96, there wasn't the Hansel Shell. There wasn't all this oil field yeah. stuff around here. And unless you did something like nursing, 
you were going to have to move off and go somewhere else. Well, I like to eat my mama's cooking too much to, <laughs> to go way off. So, yeah. uh, also, my older brother's a nurse, and he, you know, I could see he enjoyed his career. He was getting paid pretty good. So, it was just something I went and did. You know, I, being that I laid in the hospital bed that many years and that long, that gave me good empathy to be able to go and do my job gotcha. and say, I know what it feels like for you to lay in that bed, and I know how to try to make you feel better. So it was just something that um, I was always real good at and I always enjoyed doing. Um, you know, like I said, after 20 years, you get burnt out on stuff. And with the COVID and just all the way that affected the medical field and how terribly nurses are being treated for those couple of years, yeah. it was when I got the opportunity to step out of it, I just got right on out of well, it. Well, I think it's, it's interesting that you um, realize that at that young of an age. You know what I mean? A lot of people, like, a lot of people – they don't even they look they're still grown and don't know what the hell they want to do with their life you know what i mean just just having that you know awareness to say okay this is something that i may be interesting in it's pretty cool you know what i mean yeah and then the first year i went to nursing school i fell out and then i went for uh i went to a year at uh howard lumber university in Mendon, <laughs> where, I, where i carried heavy shit for a year and uh i, I next time i went back to school i was like i really want to go back to school this time yeah. so i made it work the second time yeah what uh what <laughs> Like, what areas did you do nursing in? Everything. You okay, know, so you've done everything from the ER to the everything. psych ward, everything? I never did psych. Oh, you didn't do psych, I yeah. Did, you know, ER, ICU, all the floors, any kind of floor. I did uh, travel nursing, agency nursing. There's so a lot of money in that travel nursing shit, man. There they, is now. Let me, you know, get right back to wanting to eat my mama's cooking. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Trying to go to California for, yeah. to live. It's always, it's always seems to be there, right? They yeah, always they need pay, them over they there. They pay so much money over those yeah. years, there's guys going over there making two, three hundred thousand. They're making doctor money as nurses. Yeah, going to California. I mean, that's so crazy. It's, it's it's big. It's a big, big deal. But there again, when you go to situations like that, you're short staffed. You're working like a dog. You know, I'm I'm 45 years old. I've, I've done all that. I'm I'm wanting to wanting to do something I enjoy doing. Yeah. Well, what uh, what kind of boat you running these days? Ooh, I got a 21 foot Ranger. She's, nice, she's nice. It's, but it's, you know, it's an 06 Ranger with a 2020 motor on it. Okay. These days you can buy a used, older boat, well, very, especially Rangers. They're, they're made like tanks. They're yeah, they're amazing. Wonderful boats. Put a new motor on it. You know, right now a new a new Ranger boat's costing over 100 grand. Yeah, man, that's insane. You can go buy a used one with the older motor on it, sell that motor for four or $5,000, buy your brand new one, and for less than 40 grand, you can be in basically a brand new boat. Well, you have, uh, what are you running, Mercury or yeah, Yamaha? Two, 250 Mercury. Mercury. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing that's changed the game is the size of the motors too. Like, I mean, what what's the largest one out now? Is it three? It's over three hundred now, right? It's four four hundred. Yeah. See, there you go. Like, I remember, I remember when the two hundred or two twenty five Merc come out, and I was everybody was like, "Holy shit!" And they run them on blazers, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> the game has changed, man. It's like, but I, it's it's important, I guess, in tournament fishing because you get to that spot as quick as you can. Try it. Yeah, my, and my boat's not fast. She she my my boat goes like sixty. Shit, that's because, fast on the water for nah, yeah. Nah, but there, I, I, yeah, I've been in some, going eighty. Yeah, I've been in some that's. But I've never been eighty in one. I've been seventy in one before. The new yeah. bass cats go eighty. And Damn, I, you know I don't have any interest in going that fast. I, you know, it's just it's not for me. Like I say, I'm getting older. I want to go slower. <laughs> the, all the old folks I take fishing, they don't want to go fast. They just want to get there and back in one piece. Well, that's uh, that's another thing. So like that's something that it's not talked about. So what what all lakes? So for people who are listening that aren't from here, like what all lakes are you? Covering like, in, are you into Texas, North Louisiana? Where are you all at? Yeah, where are you we're working doing at? a little bit in Texas. So in Texas, I'll go fish uh, Lake Merville, Lake of the Pines. Here in the Arklatex, I'm fishing Grand Bayou, the Red Rivers, both pool, pools four and five, Cross Lake, Cypress Lake, Bistano, 
going into South Arkansas, going to Lake Erlin, going to Darbon, going to Caney and Jonesboro. So basically everything in North and Northwest Louisiana, at some point during the year, I'm going to go fish, you know, but I may go fish in six days. I might go fish five, five or six different lakes, just depending on what the wind's doing, what the rainfall's doing, lake levels. You so know, people just, seek you out and just say, I want to fish. Yeah. And then you, you say, okay, we're going to fish here. Yeah. It's not a, hey, I want to fish Darbone. Call you. Know, you. And, and some, sometimes if they call me and say, I want to go to a, a specific place, I'll say, you know, if it happens to be that time of year where that place is going to be great, I'm like, yeah, sure, we'll go right there. But say if it's in the heat of the summertime, for whatever reason, Darbone gets incredibly hard to fish. Yeah. And people will call me up on to Darbone. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we can go, but I'm going to tell you the truth. It's going to be tough. We may not catch a whole lot of fish, or we can go to Red River. We're going to go tear them up. I give them the opportunity, you know, to make their decision where they want to go. But I'm gonna give them the best option. What I think is the best option first. Yeah. Have you? Um. How's Bisno looking lately? I saw someone post a picture the other day and said it was look clean right now. Yeah, but that's just because it's not hot yet. Yeah. Bisno looks great, but as soon as it gets hot, the sabania will yeah. explode, and by the end of July, it'll be six thousand acres of it, six to ten thousand acres of it on the lake, and it'll be time to drain it again. Are they not doing anything with that? I mean, There's what's nothing the, can be done. With okay. So that's. I mean, because last I heard, it's like. They're trying this, they're trying that, or they're not doing certain things because they're making money off this or that. I didn't know what the it's just, until and the only way they could ever fix Bisno would be to cut ninety percent of the trees off the lake. Ah, and okay. people throw a fit about that. And is just, that just because it, the trees keep it from moving, from float, moving around? Because the, the wind moves it everywhere, right? Yeah. The only way that the only lake, say, if you go to your open water lakes around here, Cypress Cross, Claver, and you go to all these open water lakes, you can go find it if you go look for yeah, it. Yeah, it's in the corner somewhere. It's in the corner somewhere. Yeah. But whenever the wind gets up, it blows up on the bank, this stuff dies. And Bistano, there's so many trees around it and thickets of trees, it doesn't blow around. around the, the wind and wave action never pushes it up on the bank and kills it. So Bistano is just a perfect breeding ground for giant Sylvanian until they cut the, the, uh, the vast amount of trees off of it, which you're not going to do. We're going to be doing exactly what we're doing now. Just draining it and it'd be nice the first part of the year, and then it's going to be covered in yeah. the rest of the year until and, it gets and, cold and, again. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's just the that, that's just how it's going to be. And, and for people that are not from here, Lake Bisnow should be the eighth wonder of the world. It really it, should it because is. I remember when it was a. Ama- I remember growing up there. Yeah. I mean, all you had was little moss and lily pads. That was it. You're not yeah. you weren't dealing with this invasive species of you know plant that just takes over everything yeah, I mean, draws yeah. oxygen out of the water everything yeah but the people have never seen lake bisno it would be worth the trip to this part of the world just to see lake bisno or Caddo lake or black lake because they're flooded cypress tree forests it's some of the most beautiful places in, in the world in my opinion you know and, and it's, you know I, I hate to see them look like they do yeah i haven't been to Caddo lately is it the, about the same too or yeah Caddo's is a little bit more open of a body of water some of the places it doesn't seem to uh be as bad and texas spends a little bit more money than louisiana yeah. does to, because texas uh just care you know i hate to say it they care more about their waterways and their uh, recreational uh places for people to be able to use yeah texas, texas just puts more money into it and more emphasis on it well you um are you so are you flipping jigs mainly or are we doing like shiner? What do you? I don't what? fish anything but artificials. Okay, so yeah. when you guide, that's all you used to. Okay, so you're not taking people out there with shiners or nothing don't, like that. Don't put them, and, and I tie most all of my own jigs. I know that's another thing I wanted to bring up. So you, you're you're big into that too. And what's what's your kind of what's your thing there? Like how does that work? Man, I, I over the, <clears throat> before I ever started doing any of this, I always tied my own jigs. 
<clears throat> and that was one of the things when I was a little kid, stuck in the house so much because I was injured, wanting to fish. My parents bought me a jig tying, or it was actually tying flies back then because when I was a little kid, my parents were school teachers in the summertime. They drag us off to Arkansas and we go trout fishing Hell five, yeah. six times a summer. Hell yeah. And it was something I could go do where I could heal and, you know, be good by the time to go back to school. But I learned how to tie my own flies when I was like seven, eight years old. I mean, I was making effective fishing baits. So I'd always kept that kit. And, you know, 15 years ago when I moved to Door Cheat, I, I broke it back out and started tying my own fly, my own jigs. And through fishing all the years, I, you know, I developed certain colors that work really good. And I've got it narrowed down to about five colors and one certain style jig. And I can catch fish everywhere on it. What colors are those? Can you share those? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a dark green is one of the colors that people don't, in the crappie world, haven't really uh, taken hold of. It's like a green pumpkin jigs. That color, dark green, just a regular gray, a gray with a chartreuse tail, uh, bright orange is a good one. And then uh, there's one we call the Bistino jig. It's a pink head, <laughs> purple body, chartreuse tail. Looks like nothing a fish would ever eat, but it is absolutely effective everywhere you go. It's really? It's the first bait out of town everywhere I go. Why you call it Bistino jig? That's what I've always heard it called. That, yeah. Really? Okay, so that's a th- it's already been a thing. Okay. Yeah, and people in the rest of the country will call it a popsicle. Okay. But around this part of the world, it's the Bistino jig. We, um, I used to fish the hell out of uh, watermelon candy, man. Water, mm-hmm. Anything watermelon on Bistino, brush it's, hogs. It's just natural color. So, yeah. you know, you got to get back in, in the crappie world. People want them to use big, bright baits and all that. And that works. It's got its place. It works. You know, it's on the bright color jigs where I'm going to put on first every day. But when you get past that, then you have to get back to your natural colors with, like, they're eating, they're eating the same thing bass are. They're eating shad. They're eating crawfish. They're eating brown. Just smaller. Just smaller. Yeah. You know, and, and the bright orange, people don't think about it, but uh, goldfish are a very invasive species. There are breeding populations of goldfish in every lake around here. So That's crazy to think about. Is it just because people dump them in there yeah. and they, they, they just take over? Yeah, it's not that they take over. They just start spawning and they're, yeah. they're there. So that's an available natural colored forage that crappie and bass are all eating. But people don't think of that bright orange jig as being a natural color, but it's a very natural color and very effective a lot of times. Well, uh... Like, how does it how does it work with the temperature? Because like I know that back in the day when I'd pay attention when I'd be fishing, like a lot of crappie fisher come, fishermen are coming out when it's cold. Like um, you know, like in, in the deeper water, um, they start coming out around you know late late winter, early spring. You know, how does that work now? With I mean, is it how does it work temperature wise? Man, um, live scope has turned everybody's ideas on how. Everything works all the okay. way upside down. Okay. So the, all those old applications are kind of out the window yeah, now. We're straight out so the window. So we're not fishing at 15 foot of water when it's 30 Man, degrees the, outside. The crazy like thing that. about it is you see people go out there, and when it's cold outside, they're going to drop their bait all the way to the bottom, reel it up a couple of turns, and they're going to sit there and wait. Yeah. 99% of the population of fish is not on the bottom. They're up around in the water column swimming around. I can't tell you how many days. It's 32, 33 degrees outside. I may be fishing a 15 foot of water, but I'm fishing for a fish that's five foot down. Really? They'll be way up in the water column. I've caught them in cold water. Swim right under the top of the water. They'll get up there on a sunny day and they'll sun up in the upper water column and they're just not down where they were. What the cold weather does do sometimes is it, it schools them up in, in more concentrated areas and all. So that's kind of what your old school guys were doing a lot of times was because of the 
it would gather them up a little bit more. That's whenever they thought they were supposed to go fishing and it was supposed to go there. But the new technology and all have turned all those old ideas up on their head. Some of them it proved were correct. Everything else out the window. What's your uh, like? What's your favorite layout to fish? Like, like what if your idea? Like, first off, what's your favorite thing to fish for? Is it white perch, crappie? Man, no, or it just depends on the day. Speckled trout. Speckled trout. Okay, where are you <laughs> catching those at? Holly Beach. Man, I've never been fishing down there. I've heard it's heard it's fun. Man, you go down there, you, you I, it's, it's it's. That's the next thing I was going to ask you. Are you doing any um, saltwater stuff? No, I haven't yet. Now, I very well may in the, in the future because I we have a my family has a camp down Holly Beach and. Uh, I'd like to do some things in the future that allow me to move down there for a couple months every summer, you know, just to... Well, there's just a lot of need for what you do down there, too. Sure. You know, um, but I've never got to... I've, I've been off been off the shores, of, like off Florida, and done, you know, red snapper, you know, stuff like that. Man, we catch big bull reds right off the beach. But I'm, I'm never... Like, I've never been doing red fishing or nothing. Like, that seems exciting to me. They, I mean, they say there's nothing better than that. Like, yeah, yeah, it's fun. But, you know, like I said, but... When it comes to fishing, it doesn't matter to me, man. Whatever tugs. Just wet the hook, man. Yeah, I want to wet the hook. Like today, and I, I couldn't fish. I spent the day sitting downstairs throwing cat, throwing a little bit of crawfish, catching channel cat there at the house, just because I'm gonna be fishing somewhere. <laughs> well, um, do you do any brim fishing, man? Like, man, <laughs> I haven't been brim fishing in a while, but I do. In the month of May, I've got three brim trips set. Up. No three shit, people want to go brim. Fish. They oh, just man. they call you and say, "Hey, man, we can catch a big old brim while yeah. they're spawning." Yeah. Yeah, I, I lined it up. Where y'all up. going at? I'm gonna go to Lake Ireland. Oh hell yeah! Oh, there's giant chinky pin. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hoping we can get up there and find a couple beds of them. But if, if people don't know what chinky pin are, they're basically a, a big ass a brim like similar to what like a red ear or something. They're but they, red ears, right? They're red. They are red ear. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. but their their scales have spikes on the end of them. Yeah, but they're just they get really big. Yeah, they're really fun to catch. They fight really good. And they there do. Is not a better eating fish in the lake. Yeah, they are good. we used to catch the shit out of them. Best snow. Those and goggle eyes. Okay, some damn goggle eyes too. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so catfishing. So you're doing. You, that's funny because I I've never been a big cat fisherman. Um, like running trot lines and and you know. What are, what else is those? What set are, hooks, set hooks, and then what the jugs? I, I don't know nothing about none of that. I've never done any of it. I always just if we call them, we call them tight line. You know, that's the only way I like to fish for them. I yeah, like, I like to, I like to fill that tug on the end of my rod. So the trot lines, set hooks, and all that, I can take it or leave it. I'd, I'd much rather sit there on the bank and actually try to catch them on a rod and reel. That to me, that's that's fishing. Yeah, is the um. Is there still a lot of jackfish around? Like, is they still around? Like, because we used to catch the shit out of them. Like, we, going, going to bar pits, there's a lot of jackfish. And yeah. for people out there who don't know what jackfish is, it's a chain pickerel. It's a member of the pike family. It's our pike that we have down here. And they get about, you know, two, three pounds. Good fighters. Got a mouthful of teeth. They'll, they'll cut your cut your bait off real quick. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in the bar pits where there's still a lot of grass, there's still a lot of jackfish. On Bistano. You rarely catch one anymore. We used to catch them all the time and kill them, though. I mean, yeah. we did catch them. Well, they, when they, they bring the lake up and down, a jackfish is a, very, is a fish that's very dependent on aquatic vegetation. And when you take the aquatic vegetation, when they raise and lower the lake, that takes away your coontail, your high sun, high drill. And that's the kind of stuff the jackfish need to hide in that they don't have anymore. Yeah. But we catch them. We catch them in the bar pits a little bit. I just if you're gonna throw like I remember fishing Bistano. If you threw a spinner bait, you were gonna catch damn jackfish at some that, point. That, like that, it was going, it was going or damn uh, Rapala, or, Rapala yeah, yeah, you throw a Rapala or something, they're gonna bite that son of a bitch. It don't matter what it is. Like you're gonna catch one. You think you have a big ass bass on the hook? Next thing you know, it's like damn. What's worse than that is when you catch a grinnell. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Because then you really think you got something big. Yeah. And you really don't have anything then. Yeah. Yeah, those <laughs> things are, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's always been, yeah, it's always been fun doing that. Um, Man, there's something else I wanted to ask you. I don't forgot what the hell it was. But, anyways, let's go back to bass fishing. Um, bass fishing, so what's that look like now versus what it looked like 10 years ago? Like, um, is there any, you said they're using, how does it work with, with the live scope with bass fishing? Because I feel like bass populate different than crappie do, right? They do. But what, what, the bat, what it allows you to do with bass fishing is you can scan around out there and you move that thing out to where you say you're looking 100 foot. Uh-huh. And you can scan around out there and you can see that bass out there 50, 60 foot off just swimming. And there's great, great big ones. They're they're not always going to be on a brush pile or by a stump. The majority of the time, they're just out there swimming somewhere in the middle of the lake. And you can, once you figure out what you're doing, you can line it like Justin Smart. This past weekend, he went to tournaments later being. At the end of the day, he didn't have any fish. and He needed to catch a couple. He went somewhere he knew there were some brush piles. And he swung around there, and that big old big big girl sitting right up on top of him. He takes that Alabama rig, throws it out there, reels it right overhead, catches a five-pounder. The next brush top they look in, they could tell it had fish in it. They really couldn't tell a whole lot about it. But what that allows you to do is you can keep that brush pile at 100 foot out there. You can take that Carolina rig or big worm. You can throw it right in there every time. You yeah. never miss. So it allows you just to. You don't have to get right up on them. Mm-mm. And you can see them from that far off. And you say just the biggest thing is you can see that. You can see that brush pile out in that open water, middle of the lake. You're not trying to say, okay, I'm lining up this tree and this house over here. and It's got to be that way. You can shine out there and say it's right there, 38 foot out, right there. And it's got a fish on it. You can yeah. throw it out there and it just makes you more efficient, just like the crappie fishing. What are you fishing when you do bass? Are you doing any bass fishing lately? Or what, what are you fishing? Like, what are you, um, are you running like shallow water? Or are you, you fishing you just wherever, you whatever? So, yeah. you throwing spinner baits? What are you doing? You doing man, if I'm, worms? Like, if I'm trying to do it with the live scope, I'm lining that fish up and it's almost like shooting a, a duck. Because you you got to really wrap you gotta your lead mind. it. You got to lead it. Yeah, you got to wrap your mind around it. it. It takes a lot of looking at that live scope to be able to wrap your mind around the fact that figure out which way the fish is swimming, knowing he's forty foot out there, and you got to wrap your mind around leading that fish and throwing that worm out there and having everything come together. And and that's tough, but it's doable. And the fish, people that are getting good at it, they catch them big ones. Yeah, I, I can't. I just I gotta I, like I said. I need to get with you. I need to come. I need to come one day because uh, I need to get get kind of acclimated to this. Because man, it was always fishing brush tops. You know, fishing. Um, you oh, know, their channels. Fishing. You know, fishing tree. You know, flipping flipping jigs. You know, flipping. You know, whatever. But uh, back to like you just said, the brush tops and crappie fishing. Mm-hmm. Before all this came out, everybody thought you got to go put out brush. You got to fish around yeah. brush. You got to fish brush. And you could always do that and catch a bunch of little ones. But we, what we figured out since this new technology has come out is that once a crappie gets about past a pound, he has no reason to be in a brush top anymore. Because once he gets past a pound, the only thing in the lake eating him is a giant catfish or a big giant bass. So once they get past about a pound, on a lot of these lakes, these crappies leave these brush tops and they're just out swimming around the middle of the lake. They're not anywhere in any relation to brush so and that's what we're using the technology they may be in the vicinity of brush but they're not going to be in that brush top you may pull up there and set brush top look through it live scope see all the little fish and swing out here look 30 foot out here away from the brush top and there's big mama just sitting out there chilling yeah because once they get past that certain size they don't have to be in a brush pile anymore and that, that's that's one of the other biggest things is the amount of fish that are 
not out there in that brush pile. They're they're just out swimming around. Yeah. Like, when this all first came out, and we'll use Justin Smart again, he calls me up, and said, "Man, you got to go down to Grand Bay and go see this." He says, "Unreal." He said, "How long ago was this?" Four years. Four years ago. He says, uh, "We'll get down there." He said, "Man, you get down there by the dam, eight foot deep." He said, "There's there's schools of crappie. You got ten thousand of them in it." And I was like, "Man, you're crazy." <laughs> we went, so we go down there. We're like the first people that had live scope around here, and we go down there, and there's all these people out there spider rigging, and they got their baits right down there on the bottom. And they're pulling up these little ones every now and then. Man, we get out there, and there's schools of crappie. They're so big, they cover up the screen of live scope, and they're all two pounders. My mom and I caught a hundred two pounders. Damn. By noon one day. Damn. And we're catching these fish, and all these people out there, all the, just right when it came out, all these people are like, what are y'all doing? We had people getting in our boats, wanting to see it, following us around, you know, and just, there was just giant, giant schools of crappie that nobody was ever even fishing for because they were fishing deep, and these fish were never any deeper than eight foot deep. They had no idea they were there, no way to know they were there. And we got out there and got out there in the open water and chased them around, and it was just... Just absolutely unbelievable. Grand Bayou's a fun lakes fish. I remember fishing that. Uh, I like fishing that at night for bass and Claiborne. I always love fishing those two lakes I'd, at night. I'd like to really like to go to Grand Bayou at night and fish the bass. Cause, Man, you let me know. Cause I'm I, in. Let me I know. know every, I've got every, absolutely every hump and brush pot. Let's go. Hole, I'm down. lake <laughs> out. I know where everything's at. Night. I'm down, dude, because I haven't, I missed, I hadn't done a good nice, man, I haven't done a good night fishing trip in probably. 15 years man it's been a long time but i i used to fish the shit out of, out of that lake and in, in claiborne and and do pretty well i mean you know i'd always end up with five or six pounder on my stringer you know um but i just love it when it's so quiet you know a lot of people may not even know this is a thing but at night especially when you're doing like a night tournament you have like pretty much 12 hours seven to seven normal is what it is and um everything's so quiet and then when that somebody hits, you know, it's just like it's like an explosion, you know, because you don't have any birds chirping or crickets or nothing in the background. It's just mm. just quiet, you know. There's nothing like it, man. A I lot of times you're always fishing topwater bait, and that's yeah, that's, that's fun always, too. That's always good fun. Yeah, sure. yeah. Well, what's your so what's your setup on uh, what kind of rods and reels you use? And so like so because I know people are gonna want to know these things, you know. Man, uh, like on bass rig, first off, what are we doing bass rig? Man, I about throw a dozen of them on the deck of the boat, and it's gonna be everything from a spinning rod to a to an extra heavy jig rod to, you know, just bass fishing. You have to have so many different rods and reels and everything for so many different techniques yeah. that, you know, but like for crappie fishing, my mainstay is a, a ACC crappie sticks, 11 foot rod. That's what we're using day in, day out. And for some of my tournament fishing, I'll use, I got some 15, 16 foot rods. What do you like? What, what way to line you using on this? Eight, eight pound fluorocarbon on almost everything for, for crappie. Mm-hmm. What do you use on bass? Depends on where I'm at. If I'm fishing the bar pits, they're around the house where it's real clear light, water. Light. I use ten pound line. Yeah. And but if you know if I'm going to the river or Caddo somewhere like that, it's usually seventeen pound fluorocarbon. And then, you know, I'm for I'm always gonna keep a frog rod in the boat and it's gonna have sixty five pound braid on it. You know. Yeah, so we're gonna ask next you got any braid on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, way, that way we can crank that line more if we need to. <laughs> but but I, uh, yeah. you know, y'all you just when it comes to fishing, you can make it as complicated as you want, or you can keep it as simple as you well, want. Well, I feel like so many people do. Like so many people get these, uh, and and that's just what I've seen in years past growing up. Because I grew up in it, man, and like I said, I've been detached from it for about ten years. But so many people have an idea of this is what you got to use. This is the best rod ever. This is the best reel ever. This is the best line ever. This is the best. This is the best you know type of soft 
plastic to throw. This is the best spinnerbait to throw. You know what I mean? I remember Terminator spinnerbaits come out, and everybody thought that was the coolest shit ever, you know? But I could still catch one on H and H if I needed to. You know what I mean? It's one of the other good things about the crappie fishing is crappie fishing, you know, bass fishing, like I was saying, you got all these different techniques. You got to buy a whole boatload of stuff. My tackle box as a professional crappie fisherman is about this big. Yeah. I've got literally a gallon Ziploc bag that's got my eight different kinds of jigs I fish. You know, I got 16th ounce and 32nd of each of those four or five colors. And then I got a little bag of plastics like this and jig heads to go with them. That's the entirety of my tackle box when it comes to crappie fishing. So you can really get into crappie fishing with a lot less money equipment-wise as you can bass fishing. Well, is that, I mean, do they bite anything else? I mean, I know they bite shiners, I know they bite jigs, but I mean, do they even bite anything else? Man, you, you can get as you, you far off into it as you want to. Oh, so really? You don't have to. Okay. The thing with the live scope is everybody has tried to recreate crappie fishing and they don't have to. The same baits that the guys have been using for the past hundred years, the same jigs, everything, are still working right now without changing a thing. You know, and that's one of the reasons why I think I've done so good in crappie fishing because before LiveScope came out, 100% of my crappie fishing was out of a 14-foot John boat with a paddle in one hand yes. and a jig pole in the other. Yes. I never did the spider rig and I never did trolling and all that stuff. So, And that's what, how, where tournament crappie fishing was at that point. Everybody trolled, everybody spider rigged. I never got into that. I only single pole fish. So whenever you give me this machine that shows my bait <laughs> and I can just flip out using the same stuff I've always used, flip out and I can, I can make that sucker bite. That was, it was easy for me to get that figured out. Yeah. And I think it's what's made it easy for me to be able to take people on a daily basis and teach them how to use this new equipment. I mean, I'll take people that have never seen it at all. And I catch the first fish every day. I catch the first one, get the stink out of the boat. And then I hand them a pole. I never pick it up again. And we catch them 40 or 50 fish every day. So I've got my teaching figured out pretty well how to get these people lined out on it and get them uh, using it effectively pretty quickly. Is there no, um like, there's no limit? There's still no limit on those? Uh, the limit's 50 per person. Okay. And that's, you know, that's another thing that the state of Louisiana really is, has been, um, it's lax on. They're really going to have to work on uh, lowering our limits at some point. I would, say, I would say so because it's becoming so popular now. It is. You know what I mean? Like, it's not sustainable. The limits they have are 50 per person per day right now. Uh, in my boat, we don't even fish for the – if i got one person with me, we may fish for 50. But the majority of the time, I've got a 48-quart ice chest in the boat, and I tell them when we get this thing filled up, that's all I'm going to clean. How many fish is that? About 50 or 60. So yeah. most of them are wanting to fish and take them home. They're not – Release, catch and release, or some no, of them. Nobody throwing them things back. I will see. Well, I mean, I, I, would you? but yeah, I mean, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> some but, people, yeah. some people are like, I'm gonna throw the big one back. Well, if you got a two, two and a half, three pound crappie. If it makes you good, feel good to throw that fish back, then throw him back. Why would they want to throw that one back though? Well, because it's just like Ryan they're gonna throw a ten pound bass back. A ten pound bass though, that thing may live another four or five years. Yeah, a crappie that's two and a half, three pounds, he is in the last six months of his life. Okay. He's already he's already spawned five times at that point, and his genetics have been spread out through the population five times at that point. You keeping that big big giant fish now? If you're keeping ice chest ice chest after ice chest full of them, sure you can do something to the population. But you keep one or two of those great big ones a day, you're not doing anything to the well, population. What's the biggest one you've caught so far? Three point six pounds. Where at? Lake Grenada, Mississippi. Where's that at? Like where at Mississippi is that Grenada? Kind of north. 
northwest Mississippi. Okay, okay. It's the land of the giants. You ever want to catch a three-pounder, that's the, the place to go. Okay. What about bass? Nine nine pounds, 14 ounces. Where is that? Where'd you get that one? Door cheap. Door cheap. No shit, door cheap. Them barkets out there. I've, I've caught five. I, dude, I've never caught. I've The biggest thing I've caught out there is three or four pounds. Hmm, I've caught five. Five or six over nine pounds out there. I've just never caught my 10-pounder. They bite different out there, too. For me, for used to like I like versus like you fish Bissano one day and then you go to Dorchit the next. You, you run up, you know, run up the creek there and then go back in the bar pits. They don't, they don't seem to hit the bait as hard. Well, it's just the, my my biggest thing I know the ones you're going to the ones we used to call we call the maze. Yeah, the maze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That water up there is not quite as clear as the one south. Right. So a lot of what it is is you, you need to look at your. Uh, your line size, and you're trying to throw two. If you can get a bisno, you can get away with you can get away with you, you 17, run, 20 you pounds. Whatever, line. yeah. Get down there, the water's too clear. They'll yeah. see, you don't catch them, and they they do bite a little different for whatever reason. But you know, over the years of living there, that's something I learned how to, to fish for. And I can't believe you caught one that big out there. That's crazy. And all the places you fish, that's the biggest you've caught. One. <laughs> I've never caught. I don't think. I think uh biggest one I caught, I want to say, was a little over eight. And it was on the river, and it was 19 degrees. We were fishing a tournament. We were fishing a tournament on the river. Uh, we we, we uh, put in it, uh, I believe, uh, what was it back then? Clark, was it Clark's. Clark's down there? Mm-hmm. It was Clark's, yeah. We put in down there, and it was a cold son of a bitch. And I remember, and I know you've been there. It's, it's so cold, you're dipping your, your rod in the water, you know, because you got ice in your damn, the ice of your rod. And um, I was throwing, I just, for the hell of it, we couldn't get them to bite on, because a lot of people want to throw jigs when it's cold, you know, I was throwing jigs, and we couldn't get them to bite. So the hell of it, I put a damn culprit, what was that, an eight, eight inch or nine inch or whatever, fire and ice worm. For some reason, I just I just said, hell, <laughs> look, I'm trying every damn thing. I threw it on, I probably had like a, I don't know, quarter ounce, I don't know what kind of weight I had on there, but anyways, I threw it some bitch, and we were one of them ponds, you know, and uh, I'd be damned, you know, <laughs> had big bats that day, but... That was crazy, man. But you never know, I guess, on that kind of stuff. But I've, it, I've caught eight. I've caught an eight six off the river before. Yeah, that was one over eight. And that was a big fish. That's the biggest one I ever caught on the river. Yeah, I haven't. Um, I don't think I've ever gotten bigger than that. I, not that I can remember. I've caught some. Uh, I've caught a lot of a lot of bisno, but never uh, five six pounds. You know, never nothing crazy. But um, yeah, it's just it's that's something that's crazy now because you see these guys these, ripping ten pounders all day long here and there. I'm just like, damn, man, it's, it's insane. Man, that's the ones that are that's the ones that are getting good with the electronics. Yeah, I mean, because whenever you can find that big one and keep throwing throw something out there in front of her, she's gonna eat it if she's hungry. And you know, that's just things that nobody's ever been able to do before. You know, with the new technology that's come out, that it just makes it to where you can you can find that fish and try to catch her. Yeah. How do you catch brim? How do you been fishing for those if you do go? Well, I always have. Just troll, get on the trolling motor. You find a bed of them. You, you tight lining them? Or you run like a cork and I something? Usually, I usually like to put a cork. A little cork and like, what do you, like, you, Man, some I, live bait, your worm, cricket, what? If I'm if I'm going to fish a chinky pin, and chinky pin's the only brim I fish for. Yeah. Because I like to eat them. Yeah. Uh, I'm either going to fish a crawfish or worms. I like fishing with little crawfish, man. You catch them in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing about what people don't know about or don't think about chinky pin, chinky pin are an offshore species. I didn't know that. Everything, every, their entire year besides the two weeks they come in to spawn, they live in deep water and they, they feed off of mussels. Okay. Down south, they call them a shell cracker because they feed off the mussel beds and they find these little bit of mussels and their, their jaws are such where they can crush those up and eat them. So when they're out there living in the deep water, they're only eating crawfish and vertebrates, worms, stuff like that. So when they push shallow to spawn, 
terrestrial insects have never been in their diet. They gotcha. don't eat, they don't know to eat a cricket or grasshopper gotcha. okay. or whatever else. So I'm not saying you're not when they're really eating on that bed and really fired up, you can catch them on anything. Yeah. But to be able to 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 be you fishing for what they're used you know, fishing with what they're usually eating, match the hatch. They're eating worms and crawfish, yeah. you know, mul- and mussels, stuff like that. So that's the more correct bait to fish for a chinky pan with. We'd have we go hit, you know, hit, you know, base of trees, you know, bit snow and run crawfish, and I'd catch every damn thing. We catch a lot mm-hmm. of chinky pan, but you'll catch a damn bass. You'll catch white catfish, crappie. Yeah. You'll catch yeah. catfish. You catch every damn thing. Sure. I mean, they all. I feel like they all eat crawfish. I feel like you know, I, I, you catch them good. on, you catch them on, you know, and people don't realize that that that. You know that they're in lakes. People just think about crawfish being in like you know shallow form water where we eat them. You know, and that's one of the one of the things that I, I really think about more than a lot of people in my crappie fishing is the fact that a crappie that sucker eats everything he can get in his mouth. Mm-hmm. So you know, a lot of people I've said they want to use a real bright colored jig or something that looks like a shad, but they don't think about the fact that the crappie's eating mud cat, channel cat, grinnell. Bass, they're eating everything that is. They're even eating the baby crappie. They're eating everything that's in that lake. So whenever you get your mind around fishing either a bright colored bait or a shad colored bait, and go to more of some of your browns and dark greens and stuff like that, you're imitating a lot more of what the the fish is normally eating um, than just sticking with your shad and your bright colored baits by getting off into the, your your dark greens, your browns, some of your more natural colors. I think you can be more a lot more effective that way instead of just you know going with the status quo and what everybody's always fishing with yeah what the type of people you take on guys these people that aren't experienced or never fishing is is a range you cover the whole spectrum really so it's just not like i would think like because i went up and fished um washita one year catch stripers and um i never went fishing for stripers so we got a guide and man i caught shit 15 pounds 20 pounds we caught a bunch Mm, we're catching them on live bait though you know Mm -hmm. But the reason I got a guide is because I didn't know what the hell we were doing, sure. you know. And that's a whole different fish. It's not like bass fishing because he said whenever the, when he bites this thing, you're going to want to set the hook like a bass, but you don't. You just, you know, slowly ease up. Yeah, you got a circle hook on there. Yeah. You got to let the circle hook do its job. Yeah. You know, and uh, so, man, we just take people, you know, just take all kinds of people. And I'll tell you, the people that do the, the best with the live scope and the new technique, you know, the new ways we're fishing – are the people that have never fished before. Makes sense. You get somebody, I tell people all the time, if you can get me a lady, a lady fisherman that's never touched a fishing pole before, I can have her catching fish quicker than a man that's bass fished his whole life because he has some kind of preconceived notion of what he's going to go do, and this lady doesn't. Yeah. And and, and if they'll listen and do what I tell them to, we'll catch the shit out of the fish. You know, and it, you know, so I'll take everything from kids to old folks to, you know, just the whole spectrum of people. And a lot of times I'll talk to them before we go fishing and I'll figure out what level of fishermen they are and how, what their skill set is and all. And then a lot of times I'll, um, that may dictate what lake we go to. So okay, somebody, why is that? Somebody that I don't think is good, like the real old folks or kids or whatever, they're not going to be able to pitch the bait out there. Gotcha, and all gotcha, that. gotcha. I'll take them somewhere where I know there's going to be fish on brush tops that we'll be able to drop a bait straight down over the top of and catch them. You know, so, you know, we may tailor our trips and where we're going to go depending on, uh, you know, what level of fishermen they are, how good of a fishermen they are. Yeah. Well, I think it's cool, too, that you're still fishing. You're still, like, 
I think it's that you, like most people that guide, they don't want to do that shit any other time. Like you just want to fish all yeah, the damn time. That's crazy to me. I mean, I could see that. You know, I could see that. Um, I don't think I could fish for the same thing every day. No, no, um, I mean, no. You know, I, I, I feel I like I'd have to mix it up. You know, but you know, the guiding thing and being able to be a consistent guide and put people on fish every day, I've really got that figured out on the crappie. So. That's really the only thing I'm really comfortable taking people fishing for right now, but I hope to get into, into some different things in the future as far as taking people and catching different things, but I, I love to fish for anything. Like I said, if I can get the sucker to tug my line, I'm I happy. feel like, I feel like catfish would be fun. You know, that's something that it's, it's, a, it's almost like a lost art. You don't hear anybody talking about catfishing no more, and you know that, what I mean? And that's one of the things I really want to get into because that's something I can take people that doesn't require the hand-eye coordination no, nothing. that the live scope does. But the catfishing, man, we can take them out there, and I can get anybody to reel catfish in. Yeah, we, can get, we can probably take five-year-olds and get them to reel catfish in. And, you know, and that's something I, I do look forward to trying to work into my my guide services, doing some different things like that. Yeah. Well, I think that – I just think that we always did – we always tight line with – what is it called, where you put the big weight on the bottom and you have the your that sinks to the bottom and then you have your mm-hmm. hook float. What's the, what rig is that called? Tight line. It's just tight line, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, but, yeah. A, there's a bunch of different ways. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know that that rig actually has a name. Yeah. I'm sure it does. I don't know what it is. But that, that's how I was catfishing earlier. Yeah, that's how we always do it. I mean, mm-hmm. you catch anything? Well, I caught a six-pounder yesterday. Today, I caught a couple of little one-pounders. Okay. All channel cat? Yeah. Yeah. You keep all those and eat them? I keep the little ones. I didn't yeah. keep that big one. I'm yeah. keeping the little ones. I, I got them in my live box. I'll catch me half a dozen of them or so and <laughs> fry those dudes up. <laughs> Make, well, some, make some fish tacos or something. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. I still think, um, I still love eating bass, man. We used to catch the hell out of them, man. A, a one pound bass, I'm going to tell you, that's my favorite fish to eat. Yeah. I mean, I like a small bass more than I like a crappie. Yeah. A small bass is that's, that's fine eating. That and chinky pin, whole. Whole chinky pin. <laughs> whole crappie. Now, if I can get a little hand sized whole crappie and, and pull the skin off of them and, and get them fried, I, I'm happy with that too. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Well, what else is what, what's what's coming up for you? You got anything? You got any tournaments coming We've up? Got an elite series tournament coming up on uh, Millwood Lake in Arkansas. Where's that in Arkansas? Uh, it's kind of east of Texarkana. Okay, that's going to be um, at the end of this, at the end of this next. Month. And that's crappie. Yeah, yeah. and that's a, the elite series tournament. Other than that, um, and we got another tournament with them in uh, September after that, and then our championship will be in October. But I'm not really doing a whole lot with the tournaments and all this this summer because, like I was telling you earlier, the tournaments. Right now, I'm crappie fishing at the national level, at the at the highest level. The sponsorships and all are not there yet for there really to be big payouts and stuff in that. So once you get past the top three, your payoffs your payouts fall dramatically. Where you, you know you're not making a living doing that. Yeah. So I'm gonna. Um, I'm going to fish, you know, a couple of tournaments, you know, just to keep my name in the game more or less. But for the most part, I'm going to be just trying to stick to my guide service and, you know, go make some for sure money every day. Yeah, I, I just still can't believe how quick it's taken off. And I feel like it. I feel like with, with the momentum it has, just what I've seen from, you know, a thousand foot view, I feel like it's going to surpass bass, I, you know, or at least catch up to you know, it, you I, know. You know, maybe. I hope it does. But the, the problem with tournament cropping fishing at this point is the the live scope and the screen and the transducer to go with it to the basic setup. You're looking at four grand. Yeah. You know, that's just to get you a twelve inch monitor that, and a and a screen. That's yeah. not talking about the other screen I got on my boat or the screen at the bow I got on my boat or the 
trolling motor I got on my boat. I mean, we got twenty thousand dollars worth of electronics. That's insane. So to get, but to get into the crappie fishing at a, any kind of a decent level, you got to really be re- willing to spend that kind of money. Now, there's more and more people spending that money, and there's more and more people coming into the sport all the time. But bass fishing, you can still go fish a bass tournament out of whatever boat with a pack of worms and a rod and reel. Yeah. Without any depth finders, and you can still kind of, you know, especially in like the local trails and all, if you're good enough, you can win. Yeah. You know, because we're fishing shallow water lakes around here and stuff, and. You know, you can still really get into tournament bass fishing a lot cheaper than you can tournament crappie fishing. I think at the short term, that's going to hurt the crappie fishing. But I think as it comes on, it, it will become more popular. Yeah. I don't know if we ever get to where bass fishing's at because it's bass fishing, but we're going to get we're, we're, it's going to get bigger. I think it's uh, I think it's crazy that the, the lives like the the technology like it, we keep bringing that up. That technology's been around forever. But just implementing it for that application sure. is new, right? But like the, the sonar technology and what you know how that works, that technology's been around. It's just putting it into that into that format to use for that is sure. is new, which is crazy to think about, right? Like sure. there's been around you know for X amount of years, and then just so happens someone decided to you know apply it here. Mm-hmm. That's that's just crazy to me to think about because I, I think that um, you know had that been around. I mean, had that someone thought of that and implemented it ten years ago, you know, the game would be changed. You know, oh, the game's changed. It's yeah, changed. I know. It's, it's, it's just cool. Change every day. It's just cool to see it. You know what I mean? Like, because I've just only seen it done one way for so long. Yeah. Hey, but you come get on my boat. Like one of the great, one of the biggest things we've done here lately is everybody in the crappie world is putting two trolling motors on the back of their boat. What? Yeah, I got two forty-pound thrust. Wait, what? Okay, how does that work? Back. How does that work? That gives me reverse. So okay. I got a, I got a stomp button up here on the, where I can put my right foot on it. So as I'm drifting up to this fish or brush top or whatever, and your boat's drifting up there, well, you're trying to do everything for your boat gets there. And oftentimes you would drift over your target. Ah, okay. And when you spin your trolling motor around to back off of it, the the thrust it blows up Keep on the fish out. will spook them. So as we're easing up to that fish now, we're able to keep our trolling motor and our live scope on them. And as I'm getting closer, I just step on that button over there to my right. But comes to a stop and catch that fish. No shit. Yeah. And that's 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 whoever comes up with a effective way to because right now I'm having to go back there and deploy them both every time, pull them up every time. Gotcha. Okay. Whoever, so I was, that was my next question: Is how's that work? Because you're, you you have to yeah you have to run because it's so wide in the back you have mm-hmm. to run too. It makes sense. But whoever comes up with the first ones that deploy with a button and they're effective and don't tear up. They're going to have some money. I guarantee you it's, uh, it's, in, it's, it's in the works. It's, it's in the works yeah. because that's another one of the things that the bass fishermen have looked at on our boats and going, I can use that. Yeah. And that's going to be the next thing that is going to be on the back of every boat in America. It's two trolling instead boats. Of your, instead of your, uh, what do they call the poles? The, um, the power poles? Power poles, yeah. yeah. I, up to this point, I had paddles on my power poles, which are big, you know, big wide paddles that fit on your power poles. And so when you deploy those, it slows your boat down. But your boat's still drifting. Forward. Yeah, explain power poles for people because they don't understand. A lot of no. people see them and they're like, "Oh, is that that's like a um, damn anchor?" I'm like, "No, it don't work that way." Well, it's kind of like it, yeah. it's a shallow water anchor, yeah. but a power pole is just a pole that comes off your boat and deploys and goes down the water and stick the little spud sticks down the bottom in the water and that just that stops your boat. Yeah, but the the thing you can't that, use it in deep water though. Well, the paddles, the, yeah, the paddles yeah. on there, and you let those down, and they would slow the drift of your boat. It's almost like throwing a drift sock out, yeah, and it slowed your boat down, but you were still drifting forward. You never could get it stopped. But now that we've got these trolling motors on the back of the boat, we can pull up there, come to a dead stop, get that fish right where you want him. Got trolling motors you're running. 
I've got a Garmin on the front of my boat. Garmin makes trolling motors? The best trolling motors. No shit. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, we used to run uh, Minn Kota and, and Motor Guide. Yeah, well, the Garmin's the first ones that have come out with a brushless trolling motor. Okay. And the sound under the water is negligible as compared to a Minn Kota or a Motor Guide. Really? Yes. And that's another one of those things is the fish are becoming more and more used to being targeted with a live scope and people targeting them that, in that way. The trolling motor noise is a huge yeah. factor in well, getting close to a fish. How long has Garmin been making trolling motors? Four years. Okay, I, I was about to say, yeah. because uh, I bought the first one they had. Okay, because, I mean, they I, they make grass forever. But, yeah. you know, I didn't know that they, yeah. They, I they've know. gotten into the trolling motors. Um, Low Rants has, has brought out a, a, a brushless motor, which no I'm, shit. I'm not a fan of. How does and, that even work? I don't know. <laughs> you just put it in the water. Put shit, the I don't boat, know. Put it on the boat and turn that dude on. I, I, I don't know how the brushless motor works, but yeah. it works and it's very quiet. Very, very, very nice. I just like, yeah. Power Pole is coming out with its own trolling motor this year. No shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, good for them, man. I just, I, that, I mean, why not? You know, especially if it's better. But because, I, I mean, you just, you've only had really two choices for a long motor damn time guide, motor guide or Minn Kota you know and I like both I always, I've had both I, mean, I didn't have a problem with either the, one the of them the thing I like the most about my, one of the things I like about the Garmin company period is their customer service if you ever tear anything up or mess anything up with them you call you either get a guy you either get a person in Kansas or in Oregon where their other office is you're going to get an American speaker that talks like you and I do that can explain to you exactly what you need done and say any of my graphs, transducers, any of the stuff that I've ever torn up, call them up. They get to put you a brand new one in the mail that day. Yeah. Trolling motor, tear the trolling motor up. It's a thirty-five hundred dollar trolling motor. They make you put a deposit down, half the money, but they send you a brand new one. You send them the old one back. They put your money back in your account. Damn. And you're talk always going to talk to a very nice person that is very helpful. That is the greatest thing about the Garmin company. I have to say is their customer services, hands down. That's Great. good to know. I had no clue. Sure, like so I said, like, I hadn't looked at it lately. Either. They, they've never they've never released any of the trolling motor parts or anything for any like um, any you know trolling motor repairman to be able to fix your trolling motor. Since they so you have to send it to them. Send it to them, but they send you a brand new one. So yeah, so why not? So instead of taking a, a Minn Kota and getting the same piece of junk worked on time and time yeah. again because it's wore out, <laughs> they send you a brand new trolling motor. Yeah, you know? and, and, and like I said, the, the company itself, hands down, the best I've ever dealt with. I ran a, I was running multiple boats, but I, I mean, I ran a tide crap back in the day, you know, that's about all it was around. And then I ran a, a Triton. I, I really liked it. it was, I mean, they're heavy, you know, they are heavy and they're wide, but I, I did like my Triton, man. I, I ran it probably the longest and I had, I just had an 18 foot. I never had a real big boat. And then I, I fished out a bunch of big boats, like whenever the um, Blazers came out and then what was that other one that come out? It's real nice. Like the Blazer, uh, hell, I don't know. Bullet, yeah, the bullet, and there's another one too with the fancy rims on it. When it came out, I don't remember what the hell it was, but you know what I'm talking about, though. Mm. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Ran one of those too, but uh, I, yeah, man, I just uh, I enjoy the whole like people don't understand, they see it from afar. It's kind of like NASCAR racing, they don't get it until they're into it, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, it's just a bunch of damn rednecks, but no, man, it's, it's a lot to it. There really is, there's a lot to it, and there's a lot of skill to it. It's not just going out there and throwing a bait in the water. No, that well, there's a lot of people that do that, and they're, they're fishing. There's a whole big difference between fishing and catching. Yeah, they say that they say that ten percent of the fishermen catch ninety percent of the fish, I and mean, I fully believe that. That makes sense. You know, so you know, a lot of people go out fishing and they do it just purely for the love of getting out the house and going and doing something. 
maybe not expecting to catch every, you know, catch something every time they go. They just love fishing, but then there's the other of us, the rest of us, some of us. We going out there to catch them. I, I, I try to be that person. I always have. Well, good, man. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Um, there any uh, final thoughts you got? Anything you, we didn't talk about you want to mention? Not necessarily, man. I just want to tell people about my guide service called Big Sasquatch Outdoors. Um, you on all the social media platforms? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. I don't really do a whole lot of the rest of it. But okay. You can find me on Facebook, either Big Sasquatch Outdoors or uh, Wesley Miller. And if you want to get a hold of me to make a guide trip, get with me at um, 318-465-1668. And, um, get with me and look a month or two ahead of time when you think you want to go because I get all these people calling me all the time. Hey, I want to go next week. It don't work that way. Next week was booked up <laughs> two months ago. So when you want to go with me and want to come go, I welcome everybody to call me. But just really think a month or two out and, you know, just schedule it a day and we'll go catch a bunch of fish. Awesome. Sounds good, bro. Yep. Nice talk.